trust you in it, I open myself up to you. One thing I was uh, wanting to say to you is, uh, I remember I was just sitting here thinking, oh, this is the second time we've sown today. Uh, because Nicole and I sow every Sunday in here too, even though I'm preaching. I guess technically I wouldn't have to if I'm preaching, uh, but I do anyway because I get something out of the Word too. <laughs> I, get, I get stuff out of the Word as well, and I'm going to honor the, honor the Lord. And uh, I said, today's the second day. You know, I can remember being in multiple services sometimes, going to a conference or something like that. And I'm like, I got $10 to give today. And uh, if we're going to have two services, it's going to be five and five because that's all I got. And uh, there it is, you know. And, but I can remember thinking at some point, like I'd go to a conference and, you know, like in Texas, they got five services a day. You know, now they take up three offerings, but uh, you're talking about three offerings a day for five, you know, five days that I'm generally there in the meeting. That's 15 offerings in five days. Well, that all of a sudden, well, you just start doing the math. If you normally, let's say you normally give, you know, $25, $50, right? Oh, that just multiplied, right? If that's your normal offering gift, that just multiplied quick. Yeah. And uh, so I said, Lord, well, I know at one point, you know, you start doing the math and you think, I don't know that I can do that. Well, I'll give this time, but the rest of them are just going to have to suffer. <laughs> there was a place and, and I, I remember I didn't really realize what was happening, but we got to a place where we started just crazy giving. This is like four or five years ago, just crazy giving. And so we'd get to something like that, we'd be like, no, we're in a service. We're giving, we're honor, we're giving honorably. Yeah. We're giving honorably. We're esteeming it. And it's like, where is it coming from? I'm not sure yet, but we're believing God. Now, we weren't writing bad checks. Don't get that because you know, that's presumption. All right. That's, we learned about that this morning. That's not what we were doing. It was just like, OK, let's put this on the credit card or whatever uh, it was, which I don't recommend you do that unless you've really heard from the Lord. But we had heard from the Lord a couple times like make this happen. Then here's what we found. All of a sudden, what what God started financing our giving, <laughs> God would finance our giving. And the only issue, it wasn't, see, we could have had that the whole time. We could have been operating at this level the whole time, but we let our logic hold us back from our giving. That's what he was saying earlier. And, and we held that back. When we started giving crazy, God started promoting like crazy. And he, since we started doing that, I think she's had three different promotions over that period of time. It may be more. I don't know. I kind of lost, I lost count. She kept getting promoted. Things just kept coming in. Why? Because God honors his word. His word is working. And when you get to the point where you trust him on that level, it starts working for you on a different level. And so the thing that he didn't tell you that I wanted to tell you is because this is very important. It took Nicole and I years to get to this place. Not, not the one I just described, the one I'm about to tell you. We would, you know, here's the thing, you know, these guys, they got here and uh, they didn't have a job lined up. They didn't have any of that. And they got down to the place that he described to you just a few minutes ago. Uh, man, our rent's due tomorrow and we, we don't have it, right? 
that kind of, but God came through. Wasn't even late. Wasn't even late. Is that right? God came through. But here's the other side of it. They said, we can't stop giving. And they went through, now I, they probably wouldn't, wouldn't tell you this on their own, but I'm going to tell it because it will help people. They went through their house and said, what can we sow? Lord, I'm looking for something. They found something that was valuable. In, and in this particular case, it was a bowl. And uh, it was a bowl that was valuable. And they brought it to the house and said, we want to present you, uh, I mean, Nicole. And uh, <laughs> here's this beautiful bowl. And we want to sow it into your life. And a couple of weeks later, he said, we don't really have money sitting there at this present moment, but we can sow because we're not. Remember the lady that, that uh, had her kids about to go into slavery? And uh, the man of God said, what do you have? She said, nothing, because that spirit of poverty will have you lie about what you actually. And that wasn't true. She actually did. She had a little jar of oil. Then she corrected herself and said that. And so poverty will make you think you have nothing. Faith will send you through your house saying, Lord, show me what we can sow. That's what faith will do. And in that place, he said, well, we don't have anything really. He said, but I can make a pie. And they they called us and said, we got a pumpkin pie. Can we bring a pumpkin pie? We want to sow it into you. Like they didn't just say we're bringing. They were sowing. Sowing. And, you know, I was like, hmm, let me pray about that. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I'm going to tell you, that was about the best pumpkin pie I've ever had in my life. But listen, here's the issue. Poverty, the spirit of poverty says we don't have anything. A spirit of faith and a heart to give says, what do we have? Lord, show us. We'll give it. They purpose in their heart to be sowers. And that is what brings the supernatural when you line up like God. You line yourself up like God. Now watch this. That's what happened. That's what happened when there wasn't much in the bank account. See, here's, here's the issue. When we get something in the bank account, we forget that. And that's where we miss it. If that could happen when there's nothing in the bank account, what could happen when there was stuff? That's right. You know, uh, the vase, I don't know what it's worth, but we'll just use the pie. I mean, if I bought that at a high-class store in Albemarle, it might be $25, right? A high-class store in Albemarle. Might be worth $25. It, was, it tasted better than $25, I can tell you that. But see, that's when there's nothing in the bank account, yet we found a seed of that somewhere, somehow. Yeah. And there's, there's similar things. It took Nicole and I years to do that. They're doing it already. I was talking to Paul and Jade earlier. You know, they're doing stuff in five years. It took us 15 years to get to, to do. They're already handling stuff. Way ahead of time. Each one of you are doing it. Same thing. Deb, I can tell stories. Y'all are growing. That's the whole point. We wanted to break ground because nobody around us seemed to be doing it. We wanted to break ground so that the people that were coming up behind 
could say they'd get there quicker. The ground was already broken in front of them. They got examples. Follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Don't follow the ones that don't inherit the promises. Follow the ones that do inherit the promises. The ones who applied faith and patience. How many, how many ministers across America, they're not inheriting anything but people's offerings on Sunday. They're not inheriting any, any promises of God in healing. They're not, they're not seeing financial breakthrough or debt go away or any of these things happen. They're not winning souls. I was, Phil and I were talking. Last time I heard, the average church in America has got 100 people in it, $100,000 budget, and they win less than two people per year to the Lord. That's $50,000 per soul. You need to go out of business. That's bad stewardship. That's bad stewardship. That's horrible stewardship, actually. Horrible stewardship. Somebody, somebody's phone was praising. Why are you red, buddy? You know, and then you, you give it to somebody who knows what to do with it. You know, we're, we're pushing 1,600 commitments to Christ this year already with a, with a six-month lockdown. Yeah. Glory to God. Why? Because we heard from the Lord, we were obedient to the Lord, and, yeah. we, and we give ourselves to the kingdom. Yeah. We sow ourselves in that way. What could happen, you know, here's the thing. You know, what could happen if we sowed on the same level when we have something. What could God do with that? That's why he said when the lady brought the two mites, he said, she's given more than them all. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, when they brought the pie over, I thought they've given more than probably a lot of people have ever given to us in their life right there in that moment. Simply because of where they were at. And, their, and the biggest issue is not even the amount. The biggest issue was their heart. Their heart. So the success. It all, God likes offerings. I mean, he talks about them a lot. It's us that don't like them. And the reason is because the love of money has had us because we've been taught that. And we're afraid. We're actually been in fear. Well, if I give that to the Lord, I'm not sure that I'll have what I need. You know, that kind of stuff. And listen, I've gone through that. Just, you know, we've gone through that. I, we, it took us years to break through, but finally broke through it. And glory to God, set people free. Yeah. Set people free. Yeah. What could God do if we would keep that heart of giving like that on us all the time? And I'll charge you guys, listen, don't stop it. Just, don't, just never get out of the ha- habit of that, and it'll multiply on you faster than you can count. You know, it'll multiply on you. Just don't stop that. You know, we had times where we did that and then we stopped it. And then we did it again out of need and then we stopped it. Then we did it again. Then we're like, let's just not stop. And what we did was we watched it start go like this. Go like this. It's also important who you sow into. And because if you sow into somebody who's not walking in manifestations, how can you expect to have manifestations if you're sowing in a field that doesn't have manifestations? Right? In other words, if those nutrients aren't in that field, then how's those nutrients going to be in your harvest? 
It's not, so that's, it's important. I can tell you, when we started, uh, the Lord specifically told us as a ministry, start, uh, not tithing, but we gave a part of the church's tithe and offering uh, to uh, Pastor Rodney. I'm talking about the week we made that decision. Our finances went up. You remember that? It, it, why? They're a soul winning ministry. God, God's heart is souls. God's heart is souls. That's why many of you were blessed through, uh, through this whole time and even seeing the blessing of God now and coming through. He may be resetting some of you in your jobs and stuff like that, but you're the blessed of the Lord. And you need to know it now. People that have partnered with the ministry, you know, people that have gone forward in the ministry. I'm looking at Miss Susie. You know, she's been, she's given and partnered with the ministry for a while. So glad to have you tonight, by the way. We love you. And uh, the Lord protects, he guides, and he overflows the people who have a heart after him. Amen. Glory to God. I just wanted to share that with you because, you know, it's just like what he said. A lot of people want to quote those verses, but they don't want to do what it took to get those verses. Yeah. And what it took to get Philippians 4.13 and Philippians 4.19 was an offering. <laughs> That's what it took to get that. Yeah. That's what it took. Yeah. Everybody in Christ is righteous, but they don't all have the same harvest. Right. But when they did what God asked them to do, they had a different harvest. All right. Amen. Amen. Did you receive something out of that? The Lord, I think, really, really blessed. Well, I told you tonight I'm going to talk about something that I believe is really important. I think you've already had two messages. Uh, This will be the third. But God's going to pour out something on us. He's already shown me part of it. And uh, I want to talk tonight about the flow of the anointing and knowledge. I want to talk about the flow of the anointing and knowledge. And what I want you to see is, first of all, the problem. I want you to see what's been going on. I would say how the majority of us have been uh, raised and how that's caused us an issue and what God actually has to say about it. Now, how many people you got some stuff uh, figured out this morning when we started talking about faith, hope, and presumption. Anybody work some stuff out like, oh yeah, right, 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 right. That's why that wasn't working, all right? And now it's going to work for you. Glory to God, because we're not in presumption. Many of us were walking in the harvest of witchcraft and a harvest of insubordination unknowingly. Remember, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We were walking in that harvest because we were in presumption trying to make God do something he never said right but we're not going to do that anymore and if we don't do that we'll walk in the blessing of his anointing his his things will actually manifest in our lives well tonight I want to talk about this is another thing to unravel and when you see the how enormous it is you're going to understand why the Lord's got me excited about it so let's go to quickly Genesis chapter 3 And verse 5 through 6. Genesis 3, verse 5 through 6. Now we know that the Lord made the earth in six days. Bless you. 
We know that the Lord made the heavens and the earth and all everything that was within them in six days. And let me just tell you, that's literal days of the whole creation from start to finish. And uh, it's not, um, I would say, and this is, something we, this is not what I'm teaching tonight, but I've been doing some study on it. The, um, you, some of you may have heard of something called gap theory, which is the gap of time between Genesis chapter 1, 1 and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, uh, that there could be billions of years between those two verses. But if you'll go into Exodus chapter 20, and there's some other verses that talk about it, you'll see that all of the heavens and the earth and everything that was within them was actually made in six days in that scripture. And that kind of takes apart that gap theory. Um, I used to believe in that. Uh, I thought, you know, a lot of the people that I knew believed in that, but I just wanted to tell you that uh, while we were talking about Genesis. Just to throw away. Just throwing it in there, yeah. It'll help you. If you got questions about that, we can talk more later, and maybe I'll teach on it sometime. All right, but over here, so God makes the heaven and the earth, and then he makes men, uh, man and woman. And uh, then in chapter 3, guess what happens? Oops. Sin. Guess, guess that old slimy devil came, came walking in there with a snake with legs. And then he got in trouble and God knocked his legs off and he had to eat the dust of the ground for the rest of the time. <laughs> An old slimy, slew-foot devil. And uh, let's read this in verse 5. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with... I might be messing. All right. For, for God knows... He says, here's what he said to Eve. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened... And you will be like God. And say this word with me. Knowing. Knowing. Knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she, she what? Saw. And it was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband, and he ate. Verse 7, And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Or if North Carolina, naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Now, the problem is, now you would know from this morning... What did they do? God had given them a word, and the word works. What did they do? They pushed outside of the word, right? They stepped outside of what God said. Now they're in insubordination, which is iniquity and idolatry, right? And they're stepping into this place. Is, is it going to go well for them or bad? Bad. Bad, bad. What? It's going to go bad for them. They went after knowledge outside of God's ways. Matter of fact, he basically said, you don't need to go after that. You have everything you need. They were already covered with the glory made in God's image and likeness. What did they need? Nothing. Nothing. But they hungered for what? Wisdom and knowledge. They hungered for knowledge. 
That same sin, 6,000 years later, is still running its course. You got some people that are like professional students. All they want to do is listen uh, to what everybody says and debate it and logic it out. You've got pastors that will go after knowledge. You have people in the church. They'll come to one church. They, they listen to a year or two worth of messages. They feel like they've gotten all of the logic that they can get and knowledge from that pastor. And then what do they do? Jump to the next church and they try to gather all of that knowledge. And then what happens after two years there? They go to another church and they gather all his knowledge, right? And, and they never actually plant roots in the church. Where they can act, what happens is that that knowledge that comes by the Holy Ghost is supposed to raise us up to the same level so that we can walk together as one and become stronger. But what happens is, right when you get to the place where you're ready to help and, and uh, God raised up a help meet, you jump ship. That's what a lot of people have done. You know, I've even been one of those guys at one point. Why? Because we think that even tonight, as you're sitting here, you're, you're actually doing something wrong, uh, probably, and you don't even know it, and that's why I'm preaching about it, and by the end of it, you're going to figure it out. Amen. Because we've been conditioned to go about it the wrong way. I know, wasn't that fun? They went after knowledge outside of God's ways. Now, here's the problem. What happens, like even the best of people, when they walk into a church, even probably most people when you walked in tonight? Now, some of you might, might not be, and I think it's not like wholeheartedly, and you're definitely not trying to do wrong, but we've been conditioned to do this. We walk into a church and we say, okay, Pastor Brian's getting ready to preach and I want to grab everything he says and I want to I understand it. I want to know it. And we feel like, we feel like if I can just grasp what he's saying, I can walk up here instead of down here. And then we have a church that's not been producing fruit so what's the best way for us to what's the best way for us to keep people here? Well, coffee and donuts. But then what if every church figures that out and they get coffee and donuts? Well then we're right back to the other steps. So what happens? Well, I've got to keep your attention. I can't I definitely can't do maintenance because maintenance is ugly. If I change the oil, you got, it's ugly. It can make a mess. So I can't be a pastor that does maintenance in front of everybody. That would just be crazy talk. I mean, it's not like Paul did maintenance to all those churches and all his letters, the whole New Testament. <laughs> that was church. I mean, he praised them too, but a lot of it was maintenance. Most of it, maintenance. Well, what if you raise up a whole society that doesn't like to be maintained? Don't tell me what to do. I get a trophy for being here. I'm checking my little Sunday go to church box. I'm holy. 
What if you raise up a whole society like that? Do they want to hear maintenance? No. Trust me, I've proven that because I can't do anything but be what God's called me to be. And so as soon as I start doing maintenance on people, they're like, I don't like him. (laughs) I've proved that really well. You're here because you're hungry. I told you from the get-go, we're not your average church. We do things differently. You may love us. Uh, you, you may love us. You may hate us. You may not know what to think about us. But we're going after God with everything we have. We're going to hunger for Him. We're going to see that. But in the process, guess what? How, how do you think things are going to change if you keep staying at the same place? I'm coming in. I need the help of God. Well, you're going to have to change. Well, I don't want the help of God. Well, with... Which do you really want? You're going to have to, in other words, the only way that you're going to get it better is to let God change you. Every service should allow change to happen inside of us. And if change is not happening, every service, everyone, then we're approaching the service the wrong way. Because humility will say, Lord, show me today what I need to change. If you were 180 years old, grew up in church, called to ministry, went to seminary, earned your uh, doctorate, doctorate, doctorate of the doctorate, and, and studied the Word, you would still have stuff to learn because God's bigger than that. You'd still ought to go to church and go, Lord, show me what to change today. Show me what to change today. Is that right? Even Paul, over in Romans, Paul, with all his knowledge, the Apostle Paul, he just, he just in Romans 11, he just goes, all oh, the depth yeah, yeah. and the width of the wisdom of God. Like, that's, all, that's the only way he could describe it. God's so big, I don't even know what to say. So, how can we feel like we've arrived at some place when Paul's writing that by the Holy Ghost... But then we walk in and, and, you know, okay, coffee's not working. Donuts are not working. What do, what do we got to do now? Man, I got to get fancy in my writing. I got to tickle their ears. I got, all right, I'll never correct them. I'll just exhort them. I'll just build them up. Well, go to Jeremiah chapter 1 around verse 10. And, then, and it says there that I'm calling you to pluck up. Pull down, overthrow, and destroy. Then build and plant. (laughs) Then build and plant. So what are they doing? They're throwing away two-thirds of ministry. Pluck up, pull down, overthrow, destroy. Build and plant. A lot of ministers are overlooking two-thirds of ministry. I'm not having to... Your life's not going bad because you're doing it right. right. It's going bad because there's something to pluck up, pull down, overthrow, destroy. But if, if we've turned the church into a marketplace where everybody gets a vote and now your consumers not every joint supplying participants given to grow, 
then if you don't like what I say one Sunday, you just go to the next one that'll make you feel good and tickle your ears. And that's exactly what he prophesied would happen. But you've heard me say it, it's at a time where it's not time for that anymore. And so in order to deal with that, because I still don't want to, you know, do maintenance in church, then the best thing I can do is come up with some witty stuff. And some people are better at that than others. Some people are witty just like this. But we'll walk around and we'll preach and we'll have our little notes and maybe we even don't have to carry notes because we studied it, logiced it out all week long and we've got it all memorized, but we know what's coming next. There's no flow of the Holy Ghost, it's just logic. And then all of a sudden, I'll set you up with this one statement and then I'll drop the mic over here on this other statement and everybody goes, oh! Send out the latest mic drop moment, put out the latest quote, and everybody in town thinks that that church is the coolest because they got the most quotes. Am I telling the truth? Have you seen it happen? (laughs) All my life. That was from John Boy and Billy, too, in case you didn't know. (laughs) Mic drop moments. A thirst for understanding by logic. People then move to this place. I won't believe it till I understand it. You're not going to understand all there is about God when you need to believe it. Did you understand everything that you needed to understand about salvation and how all that worked when you believed on Jesus as your Savior? I would say you didn't understand it. I would say you couldn't even understand it because those things are spiritually discerned. All you knew was, I need Him and I got to trust on Him before I even knew anything. Your real understanding and discernment didn't happen until you got born again. That's why people that are not born again think that everything we preach is just foolishness. Because they can't understand it without having the Spirit of God enlightening them. In the, in the Marines, we would have something called fire for effect. In other words, pull the trigger. <laughs> pull the trigger, let's see what happens. <laughs> That's basically what it means. Fire for effect. We've gotten used to it in churches and in in sermons and in messages. I I wrote it down like this. We got bullet points for effect. It's all logiced out. Not too long ago I was watching somebody else minister. And you could tell they were going right down their bullet points. Boom, boom, boom. They had laid out this masterful piece of how this was the problem. This needed to be solved. And I'm not talking about getting more skillful. Everybody should get more skillful. I'm seeking to become a more skillful communicator all the time. And there's a reason for it. Maybe I'll get back into it tonight. But it, you, we should become more skillful at everything that we do. That's what faith does. But when I start to rely on the logic in how I set up my bullet pr- points to uh, have an effect in the crowd and have the mic drop moments without the inspiration or the flow in the moment of the Holy Ghost, I've missed the whole point. We must have the Holy Spirit and the anointing 
And what ends up happening is this, is this is what we think. We'll come into a service, and, and golly, I did this for at least 15 years, I would say. I'd come into a service, I'd sit down, and I'd listen as intently as I could. Yeah. <laughs> he is going to preach to me, and I'm going to listen, and I'm going to get it. And when I get it, then all of a sudden, I'm going to have discerning, understanding, and revelation. And then when I get revelation, I can walk in power. <laughs> and so it looks like this. Let's put up that first slide. We, we feel like in church, if we can understand where the preacher's going, and get the logic. Amen. We're going to the screen. We, we feel like if we can get logic, then we'll get revelation. And the revelation will lead to power in our lives. If I'll go this Sunday and I can grasp what Pastor Brian's talking about healing, then I'll, it'll start to make sense to me. And then I'll pray and it'll work and I'll get power. Anybody ever thought like that? If you don't raise your hand, I'm going to call you out for a spirit of line. <laughs> Most people, whether they recognize it or not, they think like this. And we've really taught people and had, we've been conditioned to think just like this. Why? Because the same sin that was from the garden is still floating around in this corrupted flesh seeking for wisdom and knowledge outside of God. Let me not get it by his anointing. Let me get it by my work, right. what I'm bringing to the table. It's the same sin. And what we've done is we've allowed it to come into the church. Matter of fact, they said in the last days, you'll have preachers where they'll tickle their ears. All right, so there's your issue. We must receive preaching and spiritual impartation, not just logic impartation, not just logic. We must receive new thinking and knowing. The same thinking and knowledge that got us into a problem, it's not working, if it's not working, it's not going to work with the same thinking going forward. It will not take us out of that problem. That same thinking that got us into a problem is not going to take us out of that problem. We need new knowledge. But the question is, how does knowledge come? My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Okay, we need knowledge. Knowledge is not bad. The question is, how does it come and how do we get it? So then it says, we need, uh, I wrote this down, we need supernatural spiritual knowledge to lead us into supernatural solutions. We don't need, uh, you know, if, if you had the knowledge and the logic to get out of the problems, I could just talk to you all day long. But then you would become my source as well. And also logic would become my source. Well, who's supposed to be the source? God, and, and whose ways are supposed to be our source? God's. 
It's not worldly logic and philosophy that solves our issues, yet we've turned to that logic to do that. We need supernatural wisdom, supernatural knowledge. On the broadcast earlier this week, I was talking about in Proverbs chapter 3, and I, I think it might be 5 through 7, um, maybe, and it might be on down, but... Anyway, it says this, when you get God's wisdom and understanding, it's more profitable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. It's more profitable than jewels. That means, think about this. All right, ladies, listen. Here, I need your attention. Gold, jewels, jewelry. Okay, good. All right, ladies. (laughs) You want gold, silver, and jewels? I I thought, eh. Honesty, I like it. Amen. She's like, yep. All right. Here you go. All of it is less than God's wisdom and understanding. If you'll get God's wisdom and understanding, that will come. Then he, amen. (laughs) And then he says this, but here's what it means. It means basically anything that you can put a price to, God's wisdom and understanding is higher than that and more valuable than that. He finishes it up by saying this in Proverbs 3. He says, and anything that you can desire does not compare to God's wisdom and understanding. That means everything we would ever want, need, or desire is going to be found in his wisdom And if we will get his wisdom and his supernatural understanding, we can have all that stuff. His wisdom and supernatural understanding will solve all of it. Every bit. Every, every, do you desire to not have an issue in whatever area you're having an issue in? God's wisdom and understanding will take you out of it. It's, it's worth more. It's more valuable. It'll, it'll set you up. All you need is supernatural wisdom and understanding. We need supernatural wisdom and understanding to solve any problem that we face. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. He says this. Now watch this. Because uh, what, what business are we in? When I said it, I was like, this ought to be really interesting to hear these answers come up. Yeah, we're in God's business. We're in... People business, everybody's in the people business. We're in God's business. We're in kingdom business. Particularly, this group of people should be pretty much in church business, right? Which is God's business, which is people business. But shouldn't we be pretty good at doing church? Well, you are the church, so I would hope that you'd be good at doing church. (laughs) And if not, let's get better. Well, in Matthew 16 and verse 13, Jesus tells us a little bit about how to do church. And let's look at what he says. He says, now when uh, Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? I love this little exchange that they have. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, who do you say that I am? Listen, you don't need somebody else's revelation and knowledge. You need your own. You can't live 
Like, Buddy and Serena can't live off of my revelation and knowledge. It can help them, but when it comes down to believing for their lives, they got to have their own. They got to have their own. He said, hey, people say this. He said, but who do you say? Who do you say that? Who do you say? He said, then uh, Peter answered him. You know, Peter, he's always like, I got an answer. I'll tell you. And watch what he says. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ. Now, you may know that Christ, now there's a big key right there. First of all, Peter didn't recognize him as just another prophet. He said, you are God in the flesh. You are the son of God. And then he even defined it and say this, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You are the Christ. And that means you are the anointed one of God and you are carrying his anointing. In other words, Peter was saying, you're the manifested anointing, anointed power of God on this earth. And he said, what he's saying is that when you come walking by Jesus, you're bringing something with you. You're bringing what? The anointing. You're bringing the power. All right. Then he says this, and Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In other words, you didn't get this, watch this, you didn't get this information from logic. You didn't get this, you didn't know this from logic. How'd he get it? Through the anointed one, through the Holy Ghost. And, and Jesus said, when you got it this way, you're blessed. Yeah. You didn't get it because this made sense. You got it because you received it by the Spirit. You discerned that spiritually. Then he says this, I say to you that you are Peter. And then he says, upon this rock. Now I'll just very quickly, the rock he's talking about is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. I I could talk more about that, but that's not what we're here for. He said, upon this rock or upon this revelation that I am the Christ, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. So now watch this. What was the revelation? Jesus, you are the anointed one of God and his anointing. And on the fact that you are the anointed one, the power of God... The power of God is what Jesus will build his church on. Not logic, donuts, or coffee. Bullet points or mic drop moments. He'll build his church on the anointing of God. And he didn't say he'd build it any other way. But it'll be on the supernatural power. A supernatural anointing. And then he says this. And when you build it this way, when it's built this way, the gates of hell won't overpower it. Anybody ever had the gates of hell overpower your home? You? I have. If, how many people don't want that no more? <laughs> Anybody? No more. All right. Well, then, if that's, then what do you need? You need the anointed one. You need the power of God. You don't need the logic of God. I mean, the logic of the world. You need the logic that comes from God through his anointing. And he says, I will give you the keys 
of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples that he should tell no one that he was the Christ. In other words, he was saying, hold on to this, because you're going to need this after a while. How was this church built? On the anointing. On the anointing. God has given us a way to move into new knowledge. Now I want you to see this. Put your eyes on 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. First John chapter 2 and verse 20. <clears throat> I want you to see it in your Bible. He says this. In the King James it says, But you have an unction. In the New American Standard it says, But you have an anointing. From the Holy One. And you all. No. Look at it. You have an anointing and you. No. In the King James it says. But you have an, an unction. From the Holy One. And you know all things. What is the path. Of God getting knowledge to people. He'll give you an anointing. That might not make sense to your brain. But when the anointing comes, it'll draw you into knowledge of God. You have an unction, an anointing. The anointing is the power of God. It's the smeared goodness of God in your life. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the thing that breaks down every bondage and every barrier in your life. It's the thing that breaks every yoke, the anointing. And what does the word say right there? You have the anointing. And when you'll get yourself to the anointing, you will then know. Yeah. When you get to the anointing, you will know. And our, the unction is the anointing, the smearing that happens from impartation. In other words, can, can I have, Paul, will you step right here? Here you go. Let's say that I'm going to anoint him with oil. Now, can I? Ready? Anoint. You know, like... <laughs> that, that was old school TV evangelist. All right, good. All right, so... <laughs> there has to be a passing of the oil, of the anointing. Now, in the Spirit, we have, you know, the Spirit is not necessarily always applied tangibly. You can have the anointing simply by being within shadow's distance. But in, in physical terms, you have to have an oil and an anointing, and then that has to be applied and smeared. The Bible says, smear it. You can't have a transfer of anointing without an impartation where the transfer happens. 
In other words, he's not ever going to walk in the anointing unless there's a transfer of the anointed substance smeared into his life. When does that smearing take place? <laughs> it's taking place right now. If I'm walking in the anointing, spiritually, when I preach the word under the anointing, there's an impartation of that power of God that starts to smear your life. And even that's why people can be preaching and all of a sudden they get healed right while, right while the preacher's preaching. That's why all of a sudden somebody can be filled with the Holy Ghost right while preacher, the preacher is preaching. Why? Because there's an impartation. So in order for me to walk in more anointing, I've got to come in contact with somebody who's carrying the anointing. That can be at home while me and God. But it also is designed to be that, but also right here in the seats. When some a minister is preaching under the anointing and all of a sudden you get some glory to God. I see that. That's the anointing breaking the yoke. There's a transfer. There's a spiritual transfer. Thank you. A spiritual unction or anointing will produce a new thinking and knowing. We have thought, let's put that first slide up. We have thought that a logic and a logical knowing will bring comprehension or understanding or discernment or revelation. And then that comprehension that discerning will bring the power of God. We've thought that logic would take us to revelation, which will take us to power. But we just read the verse that shows us it's actually the opposite of that. He said, I wrote this, all right, back to me. Because of that, we've sat under an anointing, trying to logic it all out, To logically understand things that are only spiritually discerned. God says they're spiritually discerned. Instead, we should be soaking up the anointing over the logic. It's good to understand. It's good to receive logic. And God wants you to know and have understanding. But it doesn't come by your ability. Why is it that kids can receive healing quicker than adults? Do they have more mental capacity? No, they just receive. Adults will sit there and logic it. They'll try to figure it all out before they believe. I don't know about that. That's not how I was told all my life. They'll try to get it all worked out in their brain before they'll believe it. Kid will just say, oh, God's good. He's a healer. Okay. And the kid will get healed. And goodness sakes, you need somebody to pray for you. Grab a kid. Because they'll be like, Jesus will heal them. Okay. And and they'll get healed. Because they're not sitting there logicking it all out. They'll just say, hey, I believe it. (laughs) She She was trying to sneak us. What does John, 1 John 2.20 say? But you have an anointing and you know. This is why people need to get in the anointing. Because where the world will teach you to go after logic and then you'll get revelation and then you'll walk in power, 
The word actually teaches us what? It says, get under, put up the second one. Get under the anointing and you'll gain comprehension, discernment, and revelation. And that will give you knowledge. The word actually says it goes the opposite direction. That's why I love the story when Dr. Rodney will talk about it. He'll say, people get up here under the anointing and you think they're just being silly. You don't realize that it's while they're rolling on the ground, laughing their guts out, losing their eyelashes, that all of a sudden the power of God will show them a plan for a multi-million dollar business. What happened? The anointing, they start, they got revelation, they discerned a plan, and all of a sudden, now they have knowledge of what to go do. So we'll sit here and try to figure it all out for 10 years, trying to figure out faith, and miss the whole point. Because it's all about trusting God. But then you'll get somebody, I, I love this, give me somebody that'll just be like, oh, submit to God, okay. And, and they just submit. Yeah. That person will receive so easy. Yeah. Man, they'll, walk, they'll blow by all these theologians just like that. Yeah. Give me that guy. The one who just says, okay. <laughs> give me that guy. Because that guy will blow right, blow the doors off of some seminary student. Cemetery, seminary student. Because the ways of the flesh are death. And when you try to logic it all out, it's not that we shouldn't be scholars. The, The Word says, the Holy Ghost says, study to show yourself approved. But you don't study by by logicing it all out. You study by opening up your heart to faith. Open up faith to God and that anointing will start to show you things. Just like what Jesus said to Peter. Flesh and blood. Logic didn't get you this. But the Holy Ghost has, the Holy Ones revealed it to you. Blessed are you, Peter. Because flesh and blood didn't reveal this. Can you see how we've been doing it different? We've been doing it wrong. But what will happen? When we go from anointing into comprehension knowing, then all of a sudden that anointing comes. I'm going to skip over this portion of my notes because I talked about it even this morning. How does that anointing come? Where's Where's the spiritual impartation come from? Preaching. You can have it in time with God and you should. But it also comes from preaching. Right now, you're sitting under an anointing. There's an impartation happening. And right now, even, even, the, even though you might not have known this before you came in, anything about this message, something's starting to click inside here. That's because the anointing is bringing discernment, which is causing your spirit to comprehend how this stuff works. And then all of a sudden, that will bring knowledge. All of a sudden, you'll know things differently. Oh, I understand that now. I get that now. Oh, that's how that works. And you'll start to know things. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's a spiritual impartation. But then it says this. Now watch. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God preached in context, right? But then it says in 1 John 5, 4 that you will overcome the world. You will overcome lack is what that means. 
anybody ever got some lack in your future you're going to need to overcome? You're going to need to believe for higher? Anybody got any takers? Anybody at all? Then you're going to need faith. And how does faith come? By the word preached. And we got to get under people that know about faith, that's operated in receiving the promises. And then all of a sudden what happens is the faith that you need is imparted because as that word is preached, there's an impartation. Faith comes alive inside of you. And now all of a sudden you get under the anointing and that causes that comprehension. Now you know what to do to overcome that lack. Watch this. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 21 through 25. 1 Corinthians 1, 21 through 25. And just, just listen to these verses as I read through them. Just get it cemented inside of you. For since the wisdom of God through the world, uh, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom, did not come to know. How does knowledge come? It won't won't come through the world's wisdom ever, will it? He just said it won't happen. Let me read it again. For since in the wisdom of God, so God planned it this way, the world, through its wisdom, through the world's wisdom, did not come to know God. You don't come to knowledge... Through the world's wisdom. You got a lot of people in school that think that's their answer. And school's not bad. But that's not the ultimate answer. That's, that might be part of God's answer to you. But the ultimate answer is the wisdom and understanding of God is greater than silver, gold, jewels, and any other thing that you can desire. The wisdom of God. He said... Uh, he said, they, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now let me just show you something. In order for the foolishness of the message preached to be foolishness, it's got to look illogical to somebody. Yeah. Yes. In order for God to define it like that, somebody's got to think that message being preached is foolish. That doesn't make sense. Well, who would that be? The world. So we can stand up here all day long and preach just the best message we think we can preach. And you can have an unsaved person out there being like, that is the stupidest stuff I've ever heard in my life. That just doesn't make any sense. And, and then we have people, here's what will happen. Well, come here, buddy. Uh, put your stuff down. We'll say, here's it. Your legs asleep? Awesome. <laughs> I was just trying to help you. <laughs> we'll say, hey, friend, come on to my church. It's the greatest church ever. Come on. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll say, here, you have a seat and sit down and let's listen to the preaching. And he doesn't know Jesus. And maybe this is not his day to get born again. But I'm sitting there in my favorite church. And I'm like, this is awesome. But my unsaved friend is sitting there going, this is stupid. This is foolish. 
And then we get up after church. Come on, get up after church. And, and, and then it's like, that wasn't that awesome? And your friend who's unsaved goes, no, I thought that was stupid. And you're like, oh, oh no, my church is stupid. And you go home. And then, oh no, my church is stupid. It's foolishness. Have I missed it? And then you, he plants a seed like you're in the wrong church. And then foolishness goes to seed and you leave the very place where God's planned you because the unsaved person thought it was dumb. And so then what do we do? We go back and we tell the leadership of the church, we just don't need to have church like this anymore because we don't have anybody coming and staying. You're applying the wisdom of the world. That's, talk about foolishness. That's ignorant. I got papers everywhere. That's the right one, I think. I was off balance. <laughs> Can you see the traps? Anybody ever t- brought somebody to church and they just weren't as impressed as you were? <laughs> Can you see the traps? And then all of a sudden we think something's wrong with us because we enjoyed that church. And it's not wrong with you. You're in the right place. It's just foolishness. Somebody's got to think it's foolishness for that Bible to be correct right there. And they will. Why? Because they're not born again. And they're not listening with their spirit, man. They're listening with their logic. This happens to Christians too. Yeah. Even Christians won't listen with their spirit, man. They'll listen with their logic. They'll listen to a message like this and be like, that dude's crazy. And they're partially right. (laughs) Thank you for laughing. (laughs) He says, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, the Jews asked for signs and Greeks searched for wisdom. Now watch this. Watch, 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 watch. Watch, 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 watch. He said... Look at these two religious groups. The Jews say, show me a sign and I'll believe. And the Greeks say, give me some wisdom and I'll believe. Both of them are wrong. So they preach a foolish message. They said, well, but we preach Christ crucified. Crucified. Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block And to the Gentiles, foolishness. Hear this. But to those who are called. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So this foolish message that we preach to some people, it's always going to look like foolishness and it's going to trip them up. But for the people that are sitting there that are humble, that are ready, that are ready to receive, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, my life just unlocked. How? Through the anointing of God. 
He's reading my mail. All of a sudden, we start to see, if I'll just get in the anointing, it'll start working. If I'll get in a, a place where the anointing is flowing, all this stuff will start. Finances will work. My health will start to work. My business, God will show me what to do. I just got to get in the anointing. That's how God will build His church. And you're His church. That's how He'll build you. Get in the anointing. But the anointing looks crazy to me. I was telling Phil yesterday about a story that the Lord had me do. I didn't make any sense. See, he's laughing now because it doesn't make sense to him yet. (laughs) But it was the power of God. It was the power of God. As soon as I did it, and all of a sudden, instant confirmation, that was the Lord. And the Lord did something supernatural, but it didn't make any sense. How many times is God, watch this, is God wanting us to yield to the anointing so that He can get us comprehending and discerning and get us into knowledge, true knowledge and understanding that's more valuable than silver, gold, jewels, and anything you could desire. How many times has he wanted to get us, but we wouldn't yield to the anointing? Now, how important is it for us to yield? Because everything in our life comes back to yielding to the power of God and the anointing of God. He says, verse 25, But the foolishness of God is wiser than men, And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Hear this same verse in the New Living. Since God in His wisdom saw to it that the world would never know Him through human wisdom. Did you see what he said? You're never going to know God through your logic, through your worldly logic. It's not going to happen. You're never going to know Him through your worldly logic. So you can sit in the pew for all your life and try to figure it, and it's never going to work. Never going to (laughs) work. Amy cracked up. He said, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. Listen to the same verse in the Amplified, verse 21. For when the world with all of its earthly wisdom failed to perceive and recognize and know... In worldly wisdom will fail to perceive, fail to recognize, and fail to know. God, by means of his own philosophy, (laughs) he didn't need the world's philosophy. Imagine that. God didn't need the world's philosophy to get by. God, by means of his own philosophy, God in his wisdom was pleased through the foolishness of preaching. Salvation procured by Christ to be had through him to save those who believed, he, who clung to and trusted in and relied on him. Jesus, you know, it's like this. He said, he said to the disciples in John 6, he said, you want to go too? And they said, where would we go? You have the words of life. In other words, Jesus, right now, what you just said makes no logic, makes no sense whatsoever, but where are we going to go? You got the words of life. You're the one carrying the power. Who are we going to go to that's going to beat that? Yeah, it doesn't make sense right now, but watch, I'm going, what they did by their actions, I'm clinging to you, Jesus, and I will not ever let you go. I'm going to hold on to you, to your anointing, to your power. 
power and my logic, my brain might think it's foolish, but when you hang on to Jesus, He'll never let you down. He'll always move you into His anointing, His power, and His solutions. He's worthy of clinging to. The solutions that we need are spiritually discerned only. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 14. And just, you know, you can write down these. I just, I want you to just listen. Just listen. Or you can write down the references, but just listen. For to us, God revealed them. How? Through the Spirit. Through the anointing. Not through logic. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. What are we talking about? We're talking about knowing. He says, now that we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, now that we've received the anointed spirit, the Holy Spirit, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. How does knowledge come? Through our logic? No, through the Holy Ghost, through the anointing. The anointing starts flowing. We start to know things. We start to have intimate knowledge of things that we normally wouldn't know. We start to know when to buy that thing on the stock market, when to sell that company, when to, when to buy it. We start to know what to do with our child. We start to know how to fix AC units. We start to know how to fix all kinds of stuff. We just start to know. Why? Because we're in tune with the Holy Ghost. And when the Spirit will help us to know. He said, he gives us spirit so that we may know the things freely given to us uh, of God. Verse 13, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit. Now watch this. What's he talking about? He's talking about preparing a message. He's talking to preachers right here. In other words, he's saying, I'm not getting up here speaking things that logic has told me to put in a certain order so that people... I'm speaking things the Holy Ghost has told me to say. See, I don't get up here and try to go, oh, what's going to be cool today? No, if I don't hear from God, I don't need to be saying it. I need to be in tune with the Lord, hear from Him. This message this morning, He gave me specifically for today. This message tonight, He gave me to say specifically tonight. Now see, the people that esteem that will receive the most out of it. But a lot of times we're like, I don't know, you know what time is it now? Oh my goodness, it's, you know, we're going on two and a half hours right now. And, and they'll start to check out, book, book, book. And then all of a sudden they miss the anointing and they miss the anointing. Now they don't know things they need to know this next week. That's how it works. He said, the things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit. Combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Verse 14, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. A natural man cannot understand them because they're spiritually appraised or discerned. 
2 Timothy 3, 1. Not by logic or not. Let me share this with you. I want, I want you to see something. Has anybody ever seen in their history a ministry with somebody at the helm that didn't operate in the power of God? They didn't operate in healing. They didn't operate in the gifts of the Spirit, miracles, word of knowledge. Anybody ever seen somebody like that? Okay. They can be pastors. I've seen that before. But let me just read you this. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, and then I'm going to read verse 5 and 7. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. <coughs> 2020. Okay. In the last days... Verse 5, he talks about the men that will be in the last days. Here's the last part of that. Those men holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. They've denied its power. All right, let me read it again. Holding to a form of godliness, we're having church, but denied its Power. Well, how do, how do you know if they denied its power? Well, are they walking in it or not? Because right. if you'll decide to go after God, God will give you some of that power. Right. Anybody. That's not just for pastors. That's for anybody. So if I've denied its power, it means I'm never walking in any fruit of the power. I'm not having healing. I'm not having miracles. I'm not seeing any of the, the gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation. I'm not seeing any of that. I have a form of godliness. He says in the last days, you're going to see this. I have a form of godliness, but I've denied its power. In other words, I'm moving all by logic, all by worldly wisdom. I've denied the anointing to do its work. I've denied its power because the anointing will produce power. The anointing will produce power. What's the very next statement after that? Same verse. Avoid such men as these. I'll just say it. There's a lot of people that need to get out of the church that their family grew up in. It's the truth. Because they need to go to a church that's carrying power. I remember not, not long ago... Uh, Several, many years, I would say, but still not super long. Uh, Nicole and I knew a couple, and uh, they, we were in the uh, same church together at one point. And that church was moving in power. We were seeing great things. And uh, then it passed like, you know, 10 years or something like that. And I got on the phone, and the person reached out, and, he said, and they said, Will you be praying for me? I was like, yeah, whatever. What do you need? They said, Will you be praying for me? Because we're just... We're just not seeing breakthrough in our finances. We need some breakthrough here and just things hadn't been working out. We're not, not seeing the power of God. I said, okay. Well, I'd learned a few things since then. I said, where are you going to church? Yeah. Well, we're, we went on down here to this church down here and basically the, you know, they believe that God still moves like that but they never preach about the power and they never expect the power. And I'm like, Lord, I pray that his eyes are understanding are open, that he'll find another church. Yeah. I didn't tell him I was praying that way, but that's how I prayed. Why? Because you're not going to get out. What you have preached to you is the anointing that will open up the power in your life. And without you getting under that type of preaching, you're not going to have it. Yeah. 
You're asking me, basically, to change what's being preached at the place. You've got to choose a different place. The word says right here, avoid such men as these. And then watch what it goes on to say. And verse 6 is just bad, but let's go to verse 7. He says, these men, listen to this, they're always learning and never able to come to the knowledge. Logic is working, worldly logic is working, but it's never producing knowledge. That's what they're trying to utilize. Never coming to the knowledge of the truth. He says avoid them. If he says avoid men that have denied the power, then you certainly shouldn't make a pastor somebody who's denied the power. I'll just finish that right there. Darkness cannot comprehend or spiritually discern. John 1.5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I want to show you something. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness can't comprehend it. It's got no answer for it. You get under the anointing. This is, hey, remember Matthew 16? And on this rock that you are the anointed one, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You get under the anointing and you stay under the anointing day in and day out in your home, in your business, at church. You stay in the anointing. Darkness got nothing for the anointing. Because that anointing will start to bring light. Light always means revelation. That anointing will bring comprehension, discernment, revelation in your life. And darkness can't overcome it. Comprehend it also can mean overcome it. It'll never overcome light. You get yourself and your family in the anointing. And all of a sudden the anointing will go to work. Bring light in your family, in your home. And the devil can't do anything. The of hell can't prevail. Can't prevail. I've heard people say, it seems to be a lot about church today. Sometimes it's good to know why you're in the church you're in. I've heard people say this, well, you know, I would go down there, but my, my kids just really like this church over here. Are they operating in the power? Because he says, don't, he says, avoid that. I, and, and since when has the seven-year-old supposed to made the eternal life-changing spiritual decision for the home? I thought that was the dad's role. Amen. This anointing brings about heart comprehension and comprehension brings about our, a knowing. Here's what happened. Our spirit grabs the anointing. Did you know your spirit is designed to grab the anointing? Amen. It'll do it naturally. It gets around the anointing. You're, now your brain that's not renewed, it's not like that. And it might give you some hassle. But your spirit man will say, anointing, give me. It's made to do it, made in the image and likeness of God. It is like magnet. Oh, anointing. Oh, I want that. You know, and your brain will be like, no, that doesn't make sense. But your spirit will be like, give me, give me, give me. But your brain will not be like that a lot of times until it's renewed. And once you get it renewed, you'll just be like drunks. 
You'll be drunk in the Holy Ghost and you'll be like, give me more of that Holy Ghost service. Woo! You know, <laughs> that's the way you'll be. <laughs> you know, North Carolina, you know, y'all get it. See, I just, in Africa, they're like, what just happened right there? <laughs> Did the Lord touch them? No, that's just North Carolina. <laughs> that's just rednecks. Uh, yeah, that's just North Carolina. All right. Woo! And so that's, that's the way you'll, after you renew your mind, that's what'll happen. It'll just be ready. It'll be ready. But before your mind's renewed, you'll be like, I might like this place, but I'm not sure. And your brain will just be running flips. You know, it just doesn't know what to do. I know, I can't wait to see the video clips off of this message. Your brain doesn't know what to do with all that. Because it's not renewed. It's foolishness to it. Well, you're probably in the right place. One time Nicole and I was looking for a church. I said, what's the churches that are happening around here? They said, well, there's this church and that one's really good and this one's really good. And then this one over here and their face changed. I was like, what's the name of that one? <laughs> That's where I want to go. <laughs> I want to check that one out first. Because they're probably doing something. And your little religious self don't like it. You probably are called to be there, but you're being belligerent. You probably should get there and let the Lord do a work on you. I'm going. That was exactly where God wanted us to be. The Holy Ghost was moving there. <laughs> but y'all know all this because you're here. <laughs> you made this decision already. And if you're still making it, well, <laughs> woohoo! This is my best sales pitch I got. <laughs> Right here, coming at you. It's the anointing. It's not logic. It may look foolish. Amen. God's given us a way to foil and completely overcome the plans of the devil and his weapons created against us. And because it's in the light and in the anointing, the devil can't even see it coming. Can't even see it coming. The anointing. The one that says the oil. He'll anoint us. He anointed Jesus with an oil. What kind of oil? The oil of gladness. Put it in the King James. The oil of gladness. There. Find the one that says oil of joy. <laughs> That's the anointing. Now see, logic will be sitting there going, what 
in the world just happened? Well, God, as a loving father, reaches down from heaven his Holy Spirit finger and goes, Gucci, Gucci, Goo. And I don't, if you've never had that happen to you, what happens on the other side of it when all that quits? It's like, oh my goodness, I just felt the weight of the world fall off of me. Because the anointing breaks the yoke. And there's an anointing of joy, the oil of joy. There you go, in the Holcomb translation. He's anointed uh, other, other than his companions with the oil of joy. Joy's an anointing. Well, I just didn't think that was supposed to be in church. I know, you and your little logical self. I didn't think that was supposed to be in church. I get it. I understand. I was there once myself. But it is. It is. There's an anointing. An oil of joy. Now see, we're transferring. I'm not even touching them. Emma. But I can feel it. And in that moment, maybe, just maybe, God brings about comprehension and knowledge and he knows what to do. That's exactly how that works. (laughs) I'm going to be good for a few more minutes and then it's going to fall apart. And all all our logic's going to fall to pieces in just a few minutes. And probably some of you will be stuck to the floor if you'll yield. And then God will cause you to know. Go get your eyelashes off. (laughs) I think I'm glad I couldn't hear what she said. Everybody's like, I'm going to the bathroom now. Greatest moment ever. <laughs> Let me use the bathroom now because it's about to get real up in here. <laughs> at what point, at what point did, well, at what point did the Bible say church was supposed to be rigid? You know, what's that comedian that has the dolls and that one old man? Walter, yeah, the, the, yeah, Walter, Jeff Dunham, man, that's the way most churches look, and what they need to look like is that, he's getting a workout, he didn't even have to do ab exercises tomorrow, what, the oil of joy, the anointing of joy and it starts to break all the junk off. The gates of hell. You know what's happening right now? The gates of hell are getting broken back. They're falling off of his life. Everything the enemy is planned, breaking off right now. Now he may need to do it again tomorrow, but right now it's getting broke off. Actually, a lot of us need that. As I just look around, 
Some of y'all need it bad, worse than others, I'm just saying. Don't look at your neighbor right now. You can generally tell, because they'll be sitting there looking like Walter. I thought I was in church. No, you haven't been in church. Now you're in church. In church where the gates of hell cannot prevail because there's an anointing. Watch it all come together in these verses. Preaching leads to comprehension, leads to faith, leads to love, leads to knowledge, solutions, fullness, and overcoming. Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power, how? Through the, His Spirit in the inner man. It comes through the Spirit. Power comes through the Spirit, not through logic. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, to understand, to discern with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. Watch this next one. And to know. And to know. The anointing causes comprehension. The glory of God, which is the anointing made manifest in this way, causes discernment to come, which causes us to know things. To know the love of Christ. Watch this. This is interesting. To know it which surpasses knowledge. How can I know what surpasses knowledge? Somehow in the Spirit, that can happen. In other words, that love surpasses worldly knowledge, but you can know it by the Holy Ghost. Some people, they're like, they just love the Lord. How do they love the Lord so much? They, they got some spiritual knowledge about them. They started to know how much He loves them. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. And some people just hear a phrase. Some people hear their Father's heart yeah. in the Spirit. He says, that surpasses knowledge. And what's that knowledge that God brings going to do? That you may be filled up with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. How many in here want far more abundantly, a succeeding abundantly? Did you know that you're never going to get it through worldly philosophy and logic? The only way it comes is by the Spirit giving you comprehension and that knowledge will bring you to the fullness that exceeds everything. In other words, logic will say, don't do what that just happened there. Don't do that. For goodness sakes, you got a reputation. But the Holy Ghost will say, do that exactly. Yield to the Lord. And the anointing will start to bring comprehension. And the gates of hell can do nothing about it. And then you'll start to know things. <laughs> this flow starts with the Holy Spirit. 
is passed to our spirit by preaching, which produces faith. It's then coupled with the right heart of love and will comprehend and grab the unction or grab the anointing, which produces knowledge that's beyond man's ability so that we may be filled with the fullness of God that will do and manifest beyond our imagination according to the anointing that's passed on to us. It matters who we listen to. It matters who we listen to. Remember this morning I said, have you ever saw something in the Word and you just couldn't grasp it? I was going to tell you how to grasp the things in the Word and not let go. How do you grasp it? You open yourself to the anointing. You yield to the Holy Ghost. And what looks foolish to everybody else, all of a sudden the anointing starts breaking the pieces off. Our spirit starts to light up with comprehension and the light of God. And all of a sudden we know. And when we know, he takes us into his fullness. (laughs) How many people want to walk in the fullness of God? (laughs) the fullness of God, then all we do is yield. Just just start praying in the Holy Ghost right now. Just yield to the Lord. Father, do a work. Do a work. Do a work. Hey, hey, hey. Do a work. Do a work.